Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. We're back. It's the Penn State Hoop Show. It's been a little bit, but Nate Bauer, senior insider for Blue White Illustrated, premier hoops coverage guy. There's a new season, so there's a new hoop show. Nate, lots has happened. How are you yeah. feeling? And uh, we got to download a lot of information in a short period of time today. Yeah, so so let's let's go through the beginning, right? That yeah. the Penn State lost to Texas seven months ago. Then the head coach. Let, no, we don't. We don't have to uh, to recap <laughs> all of that. It it has been a lot, though, right? Yeah. This is a Penn State basketball program that has gone through uh, some some tectonic shifts, right? Some some really big changes uh certainly from a personnel standpoint we understand that right you, you change the head coach uh all of the assistant coaching staff the, the the strength staff changed and then the players right i mean you, you, there was yeah. six guys uh six guys who were going to leave anyway but it ended up being turnover of, of 10 players um that are new to this roster this season so it, it is just uh an an entirely clean slate in a lot did, of ways did they also paint everything they, like you know new rugs paint put up some new pictures if it's if because you're right Actually, usually it's like the the players change but sort of like everything on the backside stays the same but no everything's different now yeah yeah actually yes changed <laughs> changed the I, I mean look like the, the, and we can get into this at a later date in in more detail but mike rhodes got to penn state and understood that penn state structurally needed massive changes, right? It, it's so funny because all of the conversations that we have about James Franklin and facilities and all of those things, everyone understands that this is what it takes. These You have to present yourself in the best light possible. And the reality as a person who's walked through the doors of the Bryce Jordan Center for years is that the place is a dump. The place, yeah. the place, is, the place is ugly. It's not appealing. Well, it guess is. what? Guess what? I went into preseason media day. It had been a while since I had been there. I knew uh, that there were some things that they were doing from a renovation standpoint. Not not massive, but the floors changed. They're nice now. The wall, <laughs> when you walk into the entrance that all recruits and their families will come through, is has huge TVs on it playing highlights of Penn State basketball. It, it, these are the simple things that budgetarily speaking are easy fixes. They're easy things to do that you have to do. And under Mike Rhodes, they have done them uh, this off season going into uh, going into the 2023, 24 season. So there's a lot of other stuff administratively. You mentioned um, that there is changes on that side as well with Mike Rhodes and there's yep. some stuff we got to get to some actual as you do, Nate, breaking news, breaking some information, giving us the inside scoop. So what's going yep. on? Yeah, so so Penn State needed to get its NIL house in order over the offseason. And ta-da, Mike Rhodes has helped implement that and got that done uh, alongside Happy Valley United. Uh, they are announcing today 
the formation of a uh, an um, right under the Happy Valley umbrella, uh, a basketball specific organization called More to Give. It will be hoops specific. It has all of the personnel demanded of this type of of job, right? To be able to uh, be a liaison between players and donors and uh, businesses, all of those different things. And this is important. That person, the general manager being announced today is Pat Flannery. Uh, Pat Flannery is obviously a a well-respected, well-known coach in Pennsylvania circles. He spent many years at Bucknell and had tremendous success there. Coincidentally or not, also a Schuylkill County guy. Also Mike Rhodes coach when Mike Rhodes was at Lebanon Valley. So uh, these two, right, the P- Penn State's new head coach, Mike Rhodes, Pat Flannery, have this long, uh, right, good, solid relationship that they have now parlayed into, uh, you know, kind of being the for- the forefront of the NIL efforts for Penn State. Um, and so he's he's in and getting started on this job. And it's a, it's a big undertaking, but it's something that uh, he seems very enthusiastic about, which we are excited to share with you. We actually caught up with him, caught up with Pat and, uh, and had an, uh, an opportunity to talk to him uh, about this new role and what, what he'll be doing with Penn state basketball moving forward. Yeah. And we can get to that interview right now, just quickly. I just find it fascinating that happy Valley United, we started with multiple NIL situations, right? Multiple NIL companies. And now there's sub things inside of happy Valley United where like this, the evolution of the NIL stuff, has been fascinating to watch over the last year and a half or however long it's been. Honestly, I don't even remember how long it's been. But as you mentioned, uh, Pat Flannery, we're going to talk to him right now. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I am am thrilled uh, to be part of a rollout here uh, that uh, announces... Our guest that's coming up here, Pat Flannery, former coach at Bucknell, uh, three-time coach of the year, the Patriot League, uh, just uh, uh, such a tremendous resume as a coach, has been spending the past uh, few years, I guess, in development at at Bucknell with Bucknell Basketball. Um, Pat, welcome. How are you? Thanks, Nate. Thanks for having me. I'm I'm doing great, and uh, it's, it's really nice to be with you. So let's so let's talk about why you are with me. The uh, the rollout of more to give Penn State's uh, basketball specific NIL under the the Happy Valley United umbrella. You're going to be the the general manager. 
how did this happen? You know, why, why are you here? What, um, what, what, uh, let's just start there. How, you know, how this relationship started and, uh, what you're looking forward to. Well, when I, when I technically retired, uh, from Bucknell, uh, we, we moved down in the Hershey area and, uh, been involved in a, a lot of different things. Um, but always come back to my love of basketball and, and I've been in a, a lot of gyms and a lot of consulting with a lot of programs. But it really comes down to one thing, Nate, my relationship with with Coach Rhodes and our friendship goes back so long. He's got an exciting, exciting time at Penn State and uh, things have changed in the college world. And uh, it's an opportunity to be able to help help Michael, but also help these kids and help the program and and help Penn State at large. So uh, what an unbelievable opportunity for a Pennsylvania kid and uh, to have that relationship with the head coach. Um, you know, nobody, uh, nobody cares more for and, and a deeper relationship. So when I was asked to, to consider this, it, w- it started out as a, uh, you know, would you consider and talk with us? And each yeah. week it got a little further. And uh, there's a couple really good uh, recruiters that were involved in this. And uh, uh, I was on the other end of it. So uh, here I am and uh, very, very excited. So is, is this, is this Mike's brainchild i mean very clearly he has had a grasp on the necessity of nil in today's college basketball um it, it just seems something that that he's you know really pushed to make sure that uh penn state basketball specifically has a strong presence in that space uh did, you know what were the conversations with him like on this well, I, I, again, I, I'm going to have to ask him that sometime where the brainchild came from, because we've never really <laughs> said where did this all start. Um, but as it started the conversations, uh, Nate, I, I realized this, these jobs nowadays are they're basically CEOs uh, of, of an organization. And the more guys I talk to, whether it's whether it's Kyle Neptune or Jay Wright or, or uh, Kevin Willard or, or Mike Rhodes, they all have the same thing. They have so much going on in their plate with the with the NIL, um, with with the conferences, with with scholarship. There's just so much of it. So I think it was a thing where Mike was looking for somebody that he could completely trust and understands him and understands basketball. And uh, whether it's recruiting or or whether it's uh, nutrition or the NIL or or quite honestly, the athletic administration at Penn State. Um, I, I probably do have some history and, and it's in my wheelhouse. And, uh, he, uh, he started talking about that and I'm like, come on, coach, you, you might need some young guy to run around for you. And, uh, really it came down to, I, I felt very comfortable in what they were asking me to do. And I felt like, uh, like I could do it. And, uh, I know, uh, I know sitting at home, uh, or, or retirement is, is really not in the cards for me right now. (laughs) Gotcha. How, how about, uh, you know, just, just the notion of, you know, coach point guard relationship. Uh, obviously that's a, a, a special thing in the sport to begin with, uh, how that, you know, yeah. uh, matured over the years, I guess, bet- between you and Mike. Well, that's a great question. And, you know, I, I, I think I revert back to, um, uh, when I went to Lebanon Valley, uh, Nate, I, I took the job and the athletic director was my assistant, uh, the athletic director at Lebanon Valley, wonderful guy by the name of Lou Sarantino. And uh, for many days, I would be at practice telling him, hey, you got to get you got to get go down and see that guy. Or, and I wouldn't do it. Maybe always the best term or I'd be on an official. He'd say, I think he heard you. 
And I'd say, he didn't hear me. And after the game, uh, Lou would say, uh, hey, stop by the office tomorrow morning. And I knew I was in trouble because he was the athletic director. I feel in many ways now I got a boss who's the, who's the head coach at Penn State. I hope that I did a good job with him on the floor and that there's not any anything holding back from our days at Lebanon Valley. No, honestly, uh, we had great times. I, I feel like I, I was able to have a great relationship with Mike and communication. And he actually comes from a basketball family. I was good friends with his uncles. And, and uh, so it goes it goes way back. I mean, I had him at camp when he was nine, 10 years old uh, in Marts Hall in Pottsville. Um, so, you know, the relationship is there. The respect is there. The trust is there. And uh, nobody uh, nobody wants to see uh, see coach do, do better than myself and the people of Schuylkill County. Um, he's just uh, he's just a pride for us. Uh, this is uh, I, I think speaks to to your wheelhouse uh, specifically in in relation to your success at Bucknell and and maybe what you've been doing uh, in the time since you uh, stopped coaching. But uh, Coach Calipari a few weeks ago said something to the effect of institutions win championships, right? The, the, the notion of it taking more than just the players on the floor, the coaches, right? You, you have to have a support structure, it feels like, to, to be able to succeed at the highest levels. Is that something that you, you know, that hits, hits to you, that, that, that makes sense and that seems, uh, you know, like a concept that's necessary in today's college basketball? Nate, absolutely. Uh, Cal always has, uh, you, you can say what you want, but Cal always has a little bit ahead of the curve and, and certainly understands that. And uh, I, I would say this, this is the, the big thing that all of these successful coaches uh, have is, I know it's a, a term they use a lot of is culture, but what, what you want to know about culture, culture means what you surround yourself with. It means what the expectations are. And I think it starts with surrounding yourself with people like Coach did. He, he has some folks that were with him that understand him. And, you know, you mentioned uh, a name before. You know, I haven't met everybody that's part of the NIL. A lot of the, the world now is Zoom. And, uh, and they're talking to me. People are in Indianapolis. They're in California. Um, but the heart and soul of the program, the people that I've met that are in the house, that are in the program, um, are, are just dynamite. And they're all put in a position because coach thought this through and knows what he needs in each of the spots. Then take the NIL, which is something that they have has to be done. You have to take care of the players um, and then meeting the players and, and what kind of what kind of players. And, you know, the background of, of how you, he established this program. Um, he's not he's going to do that with character kids. He's going to do that with certain kind, no matter what the, the ability is. If if you don't recruit the right kind of kids, that is going to be a different culture than you want it to be. And then you have to revamp it again. So so he's put a lot of time into that. Uh, you know, the old first 90 days, uh, he's very organized, very structured, uh, a management guy. And uh, he put all, each of these pieces in that fits into the culture that he wants at Penn State. So uh, I'm, I'm happy to be part of it. You, you obviously... Uh have experience in the recruiting space. You have uh, experience in the uh, fundraising side of things. How, how closely are those correlated? How, you know, what, what's the tie yeah. there and how much do those skills kind of cross over now that that's something that, um, well, you know, certainly they'll be hoping for from you. Yeah. Well, again, uh, Nate, uh, you know, that you're hitting it right on uh, whether it's, whether it's recruiting or whether it's development or, uh, it's about relationships. Um, you know, I remember when uh, when I retired from coaching and I was asked by our president to come help him with a 
$500 million campaign. And being quite honest with you, I said, you know, President Mitchell, I, I've never, I mean, I had, I had clubs for my program. I raised a lot of money to go overseas and we played guarantees and all that. But I said, uh, President Mitchell, I, I never asked anybody for anything in my life uh, as far as development goes. I don't know how I'm going to, I might even use the, the word about bumming money. And, and he said, that that's not it at all. He said, it's relationship. And from the day he said that to, to the day I sit here, every time that I've worked with anyone um, that has been a successful outcome or, or even not, uh, even new friendships that maybe didn't support, it has been about relationships. And people wanting to be part of something good and you want them to be part of something good. And there's always benefits in different ways. I mean, development is a little complicated in, in why some people will support, but really when it really comes down to it, it's about their relationships with the program and with the kids and with you that you trust each other. And so whether that, or we're recruiting a kid uh, to Penn state that they're going to play for, for coach Rhodes and, and for his staff, um, these are lifetime friendships. These are lifetime relationships. I mean, going to kids' weddings or going to kids that, that whether they have baby. I was in Nova Scotia this summer with my wife. One of my players got got married, and that is something that people don't get to see when they, they all they, you know they all leave. Now you have very very good support with your, some of your alumni players at Penn State. I knew a lot of them. Uh, matter of fact, probably some of them I tried to recruit and really weren't going to come down the road, but have known them a long time. And so I, I think that that, in essence, is the is the is exactly what we're talking about, that these relationships are built over time. And that's what's sustainable, not going in and taking a kid because he's he's been given an NIL or he has some that, that's part of the culture right now that you have to understand. But at the root of it, when, when it, someone decides to come to Penn State, that family knows they're coming to play for some rock solid people, one of the best institutions in the country. And ultimately, when they're done playing or when wherever they are, uh, they're going to have a lifetime of, of, of friendship and success. It, uh, it it seems as though, you know, you've laid out how important the relationship is with, with Coach Rhodes. Uh, I'm just wondering the 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 Pennsylvania part of this, right? Just uh, at a at a place, an institution that that was near where um, you coached for so many years. Uh, you you being from the state, being from Schuylkill County, I just uh, you know how how much of this, um, you know, are you gravitating towards that? How much do you know about Penn State, uh, and how much are you looking forward to to kind of working with the institution itself? Well, you know, the man has been very kind to me above. I've I have been very, very fortunate to be around good people and to be able to to have these opportunities in my lifetime in coaching. And, you know, this has come up a number of times in my career, even when I went into development, as this was going with other programs, with big programs, um, with with Atlantic 10, with Big Ten. And, uh, you know, the 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 bottom line for me is. I've never strayed far from Pennsylvania. I, I lived in Ohio for a year and uh, I, I think I had to do a blood transfusion, um, you know, just, <laughs> to, just to get back to Yingling and to, into my, my culture. But, but Pennsylvania is, is, is our time. I, my, my gal, my, my wife is a New Jersey girl who I, I brought into Pennsylvania. Now she's lived here, here longer. So I, I'm through and through with Pennsylvania. However, I realize we have the biggest alumni base, so our, our alumni are all over all over the country. 
but the school is in central Pennsylvania. And so that's something that I understand what that's about. And I think that's going to help with recruiting, uh, helping the, the, the program recruit players, but helping to recruit program recruit people that want to be part of this program. So I think having that background can certainly be beneficial, but I also realize that the world is pretty big and we're going to have to go a lot of places, but it still comes back to when you walk on the campus and you've been alum, you want a product, you want something you can be very proud of, and you want it to be built with a solid base for longevity. They hired a young man that wants to be at Penn State and wants to be here for a long time and wants to build it the right way. And to be part of that, to be a small part of that, but be a part of that um, is just really, really exciting. And uh, I, I, in answer to Penn State, Nate, I have so many Penn State friends. I've had so many Penn State friends. I didn't even know they were Penn State until <laughs> until I, I took this position. And now I'm finding they were Penn State. Um, but whoever I know at Penn State has been a truly, truly loyal. Uh, they love the place. And uh that is uh, that is really uh, that that's something that uh, you can certainly work with. Last one for you. Obviously, uh, uh, an exciting time for, uh, for for Penn State basketball bringing you in. I'm, I'm just obviously you don't need uh, to, to be in an official capacity to to have that relationship with, with Mike Rhodes uh, in terms of a sounding board. Uh, right. The the actual act of being a, a college basketball coach and all that that entails. But I'm, I'm just wondering how much you're, you're looking for or expect to have that side of things, just to be around the program, just to have that um, that knowledge and and to, to be something that I, I would assume in your career, uh, you know, you've had people around that that you've been able to bounce ideas off of. Boy, Nate, that that was a big part of these conversations. And and that's not to say I would ever put my nose in where it shouldn't be. I mean, some of the game has changed for me, um, but a lot of the game is the same. It's about kids and about recognition and about changing and about some of the things that they do. And, you know, coach said from the beginning, listen, coach, I'm going to bounce stuff off you. We're going to talk. Uh, I'm up at Penn State and uh, his family's not there yet. And I'm up there staying somewhere. Uh, there will be a lot of late nights uh, just watching film and talking basketball, I'm sure. And that was a part of it that that had to be a part of this this whole, uh, you know, this whole position, because uh, that is still a, a love of mine uh, that, that will never change. I love being in the gym. I have a actually I have a son that's coaching down at Bucknell. So uh, you never you never leave the profession uh, once you're in it. And uh, and I enjoy that. Um, but I also enjoy listening to these guys that are around basketball at Penn state. He has some of the best and brightest minds uh, that are in the game. Uh, they're guys that have been around, uh, have developed players tremendously. And when I hear Mike talk about some of the things that they're doing, uh, the way they're going to play, the kind of kids are recruiting, um, it just gets you fired up. I just got to stay, I just got to stay pretty far away from the court and, and I'll be, I'll be absolutely happy. My wife will be happy and my family will be happy. Awesome. Awesome. Great stuff. Well, thank you, Pat, so much. I appreciate you coming on with us today. Obviously, a um, you know, a, a big day for, for Penn State basketball season getting started here. Uh, yeah. And we're, we're thrilled to uh, to to have you uh, join us. Come back sometime, please. Fantastic, Nate. Anything I can ever do. I look forward to meeting you. Take care. Uh, absolutely. Thanks, Pat. Right. Bye bye. OK, so that was a, a very dense interview in terms of information kind of backstory uh getting to know pat flannery as well uh, excellent job as always nate now that we got that big picture look 
um, we've got the season coming up, so <laughs> yeah. we got to get to talking about some basketball. Yeah, there's there's the 50,000-foot view of Penn State basketball, which I think Pat Flannery's introduction today is a huge part of. That is a huge piece, not just for um, – not just in the sense of his relationship with Mike Rhodes, but literally ha- having your NIL house in order is an absolute must. You, you have to have it, and he is the guy uh, that they've tabbed to, to help that. Right to, to help yeah. that process. Uh, That's a, I don't want to derail us, but I am curious with with basketball and and how much one player can change a team. 100%. Is it is it more important? Is it more hyper focused than football? Because obviously, it's not. It doesn't need more or less money. It needs the money it needs. But like this is you keep mentioning, it's very important. So like, what are the specific yeah. reasons why in basketball as opposed to other sports? Well, look, you you have to compete from a from a ground floor level. You have to compete with your peers, and so specific to Penn State, what what makes it so interesting is this is a program without a ton of tradition. Everybody can acknowledge that, mm-hmm. uh, but also has this broad, huge, resourceful bucket to kind of try to tap into. Right? I mean, you don't even yeah. have to be a Penn State basketball fan to be able to appreciate the notion that as a business or a, a donor, what have you, that you can, you can make more of an influence in basketball really truly than you can in football. And so right. uh, th- they are their own animals. Uh, football is a much heavier lift. Yeah. You, you, you just, you're talking about 125 guys. I mean, even being realistic about, pairing that down to the 30 top players, right. To make sure that you have the the resources to be competitive in that space, as well as a ground floor uh, package, right. That you can offer Bas- basketball is 13, yeah. right. Bas- basketball is it's just a much smaller number. It's more accessible. And uh, you know, it's one that's going to be very, very interesting, but also important to see how this plays out over the next uh, few months and years. So getting into the season, as yep. I uh, always take us on a side channel, but I think there's some important stuff we need to get to there. Same. Uh, are they going to be good? Yeah, there's a lot of change. Well, there's a lot of different stuff from uh, style of play. We'll get to, into all this stuff. So just kind of from, again, the biggest view we can on this part, are, are they going to be good this year? Are they going to be something that fans are going to want to tune into to watch win basketball games? I, 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 want to always be as forthcoming and honest as I can be last year in this space. I, I predicted the Penn state would go to the NCAA tournament yeah. before the season this year. I have no idea. I, I don't have the slightest clue how this team will win or lose games. I have ideas about what they will look like and how competitive they will be. I think they can be a competitive team. I think that they brought in pieces that will succeed at this level. I think health is going to be a big part of it, right? Mm -hmm. Some of these guys have enticing uh, abilities, right? They're they're things that you are happy to have in the program, but also if some of them aren't available, um, you know, that, that throws a wrench in the plans. Personnel matters and having that personnel available matters. So it is, it is an intriguing, intriguing group to, to, to go through. I mean, uh, you know, we're not going to take the time here to, to discuss yeah. every single player that they brought into the, the, the program, but certainly Ace Baldwin stands out. Uh, the, the player of the year from the A-10, 
uh, reigning defensive player of the year, right? So you've got two elements there. He, he is just a, a dude, right? He plays. He, he is a good, good player. He is the foundation of what they want to build upon. Uh, and then the pieces around him, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. It's uh, but it's a it's a it's a framework from which Penn State, I feel, is, is fairly optimistic about where it's going. So to, uh, tonight, Delaware State, 7 yep. p.m. Um, from what you have here in the notes, not a great team. Nope. So this is going to be a good opening game for Penn State to kind of get. I always like playing games when you're learning how to play a game. I like playing the game on easy so I understand the rules first, and then sure. I can learn to play it hard. It kind of feels like, like what this is, right? Like we might get a chance to see what Penn State wants to be against the Delaware t State team. Is that is that fair? Yeah, I, th I think so. Although I, the, the only thing that I would say is, well, first of all, just, just given the conference that they're from and given their tradition of success, uh, yeah, I think it's fairly clear and easy to peg them as a great warm-up game for, for Penn State to, to start this season. However, I, I'm relying at this point in the year on last year's data. And if right. Penn State presently can teach us anything, it's that things can be radically different from one year to the next. Right? Like yeah. it, it just can be. So we're, certainly we're not looking at Penn State's uh, NCAA net ranking from last season as being an indicator of what this current Penn State team will be. And so when we look at Delaware State, who, who look, they lost 24 games in a row to, to close the season. And you might be asking yourself, uh, isn't that almost the whole season? The answer is yes. They, they lost almost every game last year. They went two and 26 uh, and, and again, lost 24 in a row to close the season. Uh, and the next games after that are in the same vein of mm -hmm. yeah, uh, just last year weren't very good. So it's, it's exactly what you want for, for Penn state. If you're a Penn state fan and you're the pen and you're Mike Rhodes, th this is the lead in that you're looking for uh, getting into the harder part of the schedule. So we got an old school coach breakdown because we're starting with defense. Yeah. Is, uh, Mike Rhodes is starting with defense. So tell me about it. It's going to be interesting because I don't know if it's as Mike Rhodes foundationally wants defense to be his thing. It is his mm -hmm. thing. It's always been his thing. It is, it is where he believes you win basketball games. And to be fair, Mike Shrewsbury was the same thing, right? When he first got to Penn state, that those, that is the bedrock of, of how you can play this game and, and have success, especially mm -hmm. when you're just kind of getting pieces together and, and figuring things out. It's much more complex. I feel like to, to get the offense going in normal circumstances, it's, it's, it's much more complex to, ha to, to have complexities of the offense, but the reality of what Mike Rhodes d does is, his defense is complex mm -hmm. and it is exhausting. They are a full out all the time. Go, go, go defense. They're going to so, throw full court press at you. They're going to do traps. They're going to do all kinds of different things that are atypical for the big 10, just to be honest. Yeah. Uh, and so it's, this is, this is a little bit of an experiment of, of how that style works in the big 10, but also how quickly they can get it up to speed and be on the same page with each other, with all of these new pieces for the defensive side of the ball. So instead of half court defense and focusing on being very good there, it's, it's, it's more of aggressive trying to get steals and turnovers and generate points 
at a defense with that fast-paced flow, which is the number one thing you've talked about since Mike Rhodes was hired. Is, is that yep. a fair summarization? It, it is. It is huge, right? Exactly, because your offense is predicated on what happens defensively. That mm-hmm. that is that is a huge piece of this is being able to play in transition. And that, right, they have the guards to be able to do that. They, they think that they have the athletes to be able to do that, to go up and down the floor and create extra shots for themselves, right? Uh, this is not a, a new formula. We have seen this before at Penn State that I, I don't know from a percentages standpoint, I, I'm not expecting Penn State to be as proficient shooting the basketball as it was last year. As you would expect, Seth Lundy and Andrew right. Funk were the top two three-point percentages in the Big Ten last season. Jalen Pickett shot for a great percentage from the floor. So you had those pieces that they could they could match up and be okay going shot for shot because Penn State was good shooting the ball. I don't know that they have necessarily all of that skill in this group, but what they do have is or believe they have is a style of play that creates more opportunities. And if you get mm-hmm. more opportunities, even if your percentages aren't the same as the team that you're playing, if you get more looks at the basket on volume, it doesn't matter <laughs> or right. it might not matter. You, you still give yourself an opportunity uh, to, to score more points than the other team and win. And I, I made the uh, sterling point this offseason of being like, whoa, look at this. This looks like a basketball team. Everyone is like 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, yeah. athletic. They all look like they can run based on their recruiting rankings. So, it, you know, sharing the ball, I think, is a part of that and movement and speed. Is that all going to be a part of what we see? Absolutely. Absolutely. And to be honest with you, I, I, I'm not going to say it. Mike Rhodes said it at preseason media day uh, in a way that I think gives a succinct kind of clear perspective of what Penn State is going to look like offensively this season? I think number one is they really share the ball. So that that to me is a uh, – so when you get a new team and, and, and different pieces and, and guys uh, showing up and when you, you – you really hope they share the ball. Not everybody is – you know, not everyone does that. Uh, I, I, what I, I do like about this group from day one, they've done a very good job of trying to make the right play, but sharing the basketball, a hot basketball, as I call it, is a harder one to guard. That has, that has really helped this team grow. Uh, that for sure, and then I think we uh, we got to be able to shoot the ball at a high clip. Uh, we've had days where we've done that and given our guys confidence. I thought we did that in the summer, and even down in the Bahamas, we did that. Uh, we, that's got to be our identity. We got to we got to play with great pace, but we got to share the ball, and then we got to make shots. So there's more to build on that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it is. Uh, they they have to make shots, and the way that they intend to make shots is through three taller wing forwards. I'll, I'll call them small forwards, but I mean they're each six seven, six eight. In right. uh, Leo O'Boyle, Puff Johnson, and Zach Hicks. So those three guys, Zach Hicks and Leo O'Boyle, are already uh, what I would describe as volume three point shooters that in their careers previously, Zach Hicks, certainly a temple. Um, oh, Boyle was, he scored at different levels at, at Lafayette, but he also took a bunch of threes. He took 196 threes over his four seasons at, uh, at, at uh, Lafayette. So that's, that's 
there's a, there's something to work with there. And both of those guys are six, eight, I believe six, seven. So, so you have some length there and then the, the, a big question, right. And again, we talked about injuries at the open, uh, Leo Boyle has, has been coming back from something right from, uh, bumps and bruises. I would call it this mm-hmm. preseason and puff Johnson, the last piece right from UNC who does not have a history of shooting a ton of threes, uh, but can and does, uh, he, he's kind of been injured off and on throughout his career. And right now that's a, that's a situation where he's coming back from something. So you've got three pieces there that you really have high expectations for being able to, to maximize your penetrating guards, right. Yeah. To be, they, they pen it like, that's what Ace Baldwin does. That's what yep. Kanye Clary does. Yep. Uh, that's what DeMarco Dunn does. That's what Raekwondas Mitchell does. Uh, so you, you've got these guards that can get into the lane and again, let's be real. This is the big 10. They're not always going to have clear looks at the basket, but what they should be able to do is draw help. And yep. when the help comes, that should be able to, to open up the opportunity to kick to the, to the outside, to the perimeter and have those guys knock down shots. But major they problem, gotta, they got to be out there. <laughs> they got to be out there. They, they got to not be in the training room uh, for, for that to happen. And so, so this is the Penn State, State. This is the Penn State receiver room for uh, for the basketball team of like, hey, this is really important. And we're starting right now with one of them available or at least on track, like you, kind you, of in a rhythm. You can't help what you can't help. But right. It, yeah. it also is something that I think is a very obvious sign of frustration that, you know, that that has not worked out the way that they want it to, because again, we've got another clip here from Mike Rhodes. This is essential to what they're going to do. This has to happen because if it doesn't, you don't necessarily Jamil Brown uh, is available to come off the bench and, and, and take some threes, but you really want to have that length, particularly uh, given, given the circumstances that they have uh, throughout the roster the floor yeah it's huge uh, and i would put puff johnson in that category as well having those guys with length and size and toughness but also can stretch the floor and, and create great spacing allows some of your dynamic guards more space to get downhill that's got to be huge for us all year long so you got to we got to make shots to space the floor that means we put multiple shooters out there to be considered a shooter you got to make shots in game action i think these guys have done it in the past but we got to do it at a high clip uh, it'll, and then it's going to allow, it's going to allow guys like Ace and, and Kanye and Demarco and Ray Q to get downhill and make plays, and Nick to make plays for those guys, but also for themselves at the rim. So uh, that's that's huge. That, that was one, you know, part of being in the portal. As soon as we got here, was finding guys with length, with length and size, so we can guard people, but also be able to have sk- enough skill, especially shooting skill, to to stretch the floor and to make transition threes with everybody, but also stretch the floor in half court and make it harder to guard. So no big deal. Just guys that can, you know, play basketball really well (laughs) and put stress on the defense. Yeah. And, and it's, you can see the duality of it, right? It's not just that the guards will open that for the shooters. It's that if the shooters make shots, you force defenses to make a decision. And once those, I mean, it, it's, it's so similar. Um, it's not similar, but it is, it's, it's ultimately what all of these games come down to is forcing defenses to make choices. Yep. And so yep. that's, that's it. That's, but that's the choice that Penn state wants to force teams into 
and it's going to take some some makes. It is going to take some makes from deep yep. uh, uh, throughout that group, throughout the roster, wherever they can get it, uh, that three-point shooting, because if those shots are going down, things become a lot easier for, for East Baldwin and Kanye yeah. Clary. And those guys can work and, and get theirs really uh, around the rim, which has undersized guards, you know, might not be a possibility under otherwise. Yeah. To be a threat, you've got to be a threat. And uh, we'll we'll figure out if that essential piece works out pretty quickly um, in terms of we'll see a good number of games here. So what's coming up? I know we've got the game tonight uh, if you're watching this yep. on Monday, but what's coming up? Four games starting Monday tonight over the next two weeks. Uh, they have uh, obviously Delaware State tonight. They have uh, Lehigh on Friday night before the Michigan football game. And so that's a 7.30 start. Lehigh also bad last year. Uh, then they get St. Francis on November 14th, which is a Tuesday, the Tuesday after that Michigan game. Uh, that is at the Bryce Jordan Center and Moorhead State. Moorhead State being the best of the bunch uh, in terms of its carryover from last year. Uh, and that is Friday the 17th. And so those four games set Penn State up for what is unquestionably its toughest stretch in the non-conference of three games in that ESPN Invitational. That is in Orlando, I believe, and it starts on Thanksgiving against <clears throat> Texas A&M, the team that Penn State beat in the first round of the NCAA tournament last year. And Texas yeah. A&M is jacked and back. They, they have high expectations uh, for this team this year uh, down, down there at, at Texas A&M. So that's going to be a challenge. So Penn State is, is absolutely going to want to maximize, try to try to start to to get that cohesion, right? I mean, this is all a process. This is, all takes time. But Penn State gets that opportunity here right off the bat uh, to, to start the season. Nate Bauer pulling double duty. It's also Michigan week for Penn State football, so there's all kinds of stuff going on right now. If you haven't yet, subscribe to BlueWhiteIllustrated.com because it's 50% off in, in honor of, let's say, basketball starting, but also the big game coming up this weekend with Michigan. No small uh, game this week in terms of implications on and off the field. So join us right now, yeah. BlueWhiteIllustrated.com, for 50% off so you can get all the information, all the inside stuff from Nate about basketball and football. Nate, thanks as always. Thank you so much, and thank you, obviously, uh, again, to Pat Flannery for his time and insight into this new process and stage for Penn State basketball. We'll be back soon with the uh, next episode of the Penn State Hoop Show.